Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Face to face in the maze. Strange not to be afraid. Alright, um, welcome to the show. It's it's just us this week, um, and and that that feels a little weird because this is a big honking milestone, um, and it feels different. It feels I think it feels better. Um, it definitely feels better when we have everyone together, um, but I don't know. We we, we we can pitch this as some sort of like nostalgia play where we're going back to the roots of the show. Yeah. Um, eight. Except years Max ago. is not, except Max is not present and just being extremely quiet. Like he's actually not here. <laughs> um, well, we, we have come a long way. Mm-hmm. Unquestionably. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to get sappy about this, but like we have, we have come a very long way. Uh, from recording episodes where we were sitting around your circular table at your old apartment in Arlington, uh, you know, sitting around one mic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to where where we are now, where we've got four people living in three states in two time zones, and we all, like, we have gear and from time to time, despite my best efforts, it sounds like we know what we're doing. Um, and you know, in the spirit of that growth and evolution and change, you, you, you came to me today and said, you know, that you've been kind of thinking a little differently of late about, how you go to concerts and I'm, I'm really, I want to know more about this because it's always been, you know, a a real, a dedication to going to see live music is like one of the kind of first things that I associate with you. Yeah. And I'm, I think, I think it would be easy for me to be forlorn about this, but my, my attitude has changed, and I think where I'm trying to be positive is is I've had tremendous concert experiences, going to concerts by myself with others across many different venues, states, cities, whatever, and it's been wonderful. And I think that, uh, honestly, I think about a, a, a James Hoffman video where he talks about, and I've also heard uh, Greg from How to Drink talk about this, the dangers of getting good at tasting things. Because the better you get you get at tasting something, the more you know when something is not very good and is not worth your time. And that is really good to know, to become more educated and informed and whatever topic you're doing can be helpful. It might be that you end up enjoying things like a Miller Lite every once in a while because of what that means. And I think concerts can be the same. Sometimes you want a Miller Lite 
And sometimes you want a very fancy meal effectively. You, mm-hmm. you want to pick out all the pieces, parts and everything. I think, you know, the, the pandemic uh, made it really difficult at various ends of, of the spectrum. All of a sudden, you could not go to concerts, uh, uh, which which was sad from my entertainment perspective and others, but also from the making of art perspective, um, that is a, an income and a livelihood stream that a lot of artists didn't have for a while. And stopping that rhythm and everything caused a reset, caused some venues to close, um, caused maybe directly or indirectly bands to fold. And so now in this this new era, I'm still going to concerts, but I think it less and less a clip. And it's easy for me to say things like, I live in a new city, but that's not really it. Or the fees are out of control. They are, but that's not really it because I'm not I'm I wouldn't be able to go to concerts like I used to. I can't can't go to two a month. But one a month, like I can I am fortunate that I could afford that. I think what, uh, going back to the tasting is I know what to me is a very satisfying meal in terms of, of going to a concert. And there are very specific archetypes in that way. And I think increasingly the concerts I want to go to are at these really large venues. And that is in part because the bands that are still around that I am used to seeing are now really, really big. If you want to go see, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not the biggest, the national fan, but if you want to go see the national, you got to go to a really big venue. Like that's, that's the thing. And future islands who just released a new album is going on tour. They're going to a very large venue, very new venue here in Atlanta called the Eastern. I've gone to the Eastern to see a number of groups, including someone like Big Thief. Big Thief, don't think of them as a band that's going to fill a really large hall, but they do. I've also seen Maggie Rogers. Oh, yeah, Rogers. they definitely do. They do, and it like surprises me because of the type of music it is. And so I've also seen Maggie Rogers there. And when I saw Maggie, and this is all coming all the way to the point of the taste not being right to me, I saw Maggie Rogers there. And I didn't want to be on the floor because I don't need to do that anymore. And I'm kind of up in this balcony area, which is which is very nice. It's well designed. There's of course there are 18 bars, and there's a bartender that, you know, I think sort of maybe recognizes me when I go, or like me as the type of concert goer. Saw mm-hmm. Maggie Rogers there, and she stopped the show at one point, and she said, "Hey, you know, for a lot of years I didn't I didn't come to the South because I felt like the the atmosphere at the concerts just wasn't really good, wasn't really positive. And it's really unfortunate that I'm getting that feeling again. And I think combining all those different things, what I've come to realize is I want to go see these groups because I have a memory of what they meant to me and um, what the experience of going to their shows is. And there are all these people that are there with me and they've paid, I don't know, $100 to see this person. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want here. And so I have this barrier now of I have a romantic vision of how these concerts should be. But I'm recognizing that they are not there anymore. So I need to shift my focus to other venues, other ways to get that feeling back. 
but there has to be some trade-off of like, I can't go see X group at a 200 person spot anymore. Um, if I want to go to a 200 person spot, I got to take a chance on a new artist. If I want to see the new artist, I have to go to the place where people are going to be assholes. That's interesting. I, because I, I've had my most salient recent concert experience was i think the sort of rare island where where things are are sort of still good so to speak mm -hmm. um <clears throat> going to see the hold steady uh with my brother um uh, at brooklyn bowl but like even that it's it's different because it's now it's like part of a yearly residency that they do so Brooklyn Bowl is not a huge venue. It's a couple hundred people. Um, but you uh, they play four shows in a row there uh, right after Thanksgiving. And so like that, uh, I think they as a band have maybe. I, I don't think they ever really got like giant venue big. Um, and so, so there's some, some benefit there. Um, and they've like really sort of maintained this commitment to, to having those intimate experiences where the set list is not the same for each night of the, of the series, but like, they're not really touring a whole lot mm -hmm. so much. They will go and do these kind of runs where they go to a place for a week and play three or four shows. Um, the residency. Yeah. Model. Basically. Yeah. Um, but like that, it was great. Even though, uh, even though even something as cool as that has still sort of been, you know, it's fallen victim a little bit to the kind of experience collectory thing that live events have fall victim to where you know you're if you're in the back you're behind 10 rows of people hold just like holding their phones up and experiencing the show through the screen on their phone um mm -hmm. in a way that i find really frustrating uh but i also just went like a week and a half ago on a monday night to see Wednesday on a That's Monday right. mm -hmm. um, at the Broadberry here in Richmond, which is, uh, I don't know how to describe it size-wise. It's it's also probably a couple hundred people. It's smaller than Brooklyn Bowl. Um, but it was, I don't know. I just, like, I didn't. I didn't have that good a time. Um, I do you think I'm I so I mean this is a specific example, but I think so. When I'm talking about these big venue shows, and I actually do remember seeing uh, the National at the Anthem in DC, mm -hmm. and there were tons, and it was full, but everybody was my age and a little bit older. Was Wednesday an example of you were? you felt like you were on the older side of the crowd and there was just a, a different uh, frequency that the others were. Uh, 
that was part of on. that was probably part of it a little bit <clears throat> um there was definitely there were like two sort of warring vibes there there was the um the bill murray tiny beanie that doesn't cover your ears group and the uh long hair under trucker hats group um because richmond is a place as we have discussed with many different brands of hipsters uh, yeah. and so like i definitely wasn't one of the oldest people there um but it was it did feel like i was occupying a, a different space than the hold steady show which skews probably even a little older than the nat like the crowd for a national show um there was a lot of like dads um who were you know kind of enjoy you know having the best night of their life and 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 maybe maybe it's a thing where like that was it's just like an outlier of a band where um you know there there's no sort of attempt to be like ironically or artificially cool it's just like no we're we're kind of schlubby dudes we're showing up to have fun too um but yeah i I don't know i mean all, all of those things that you have described you know ticket broker fees make it really frustrating to buy you know the to buy tickets to go to a concert because you're like oh it's twenty dollars oh wait no it's twenty eight dollars um <coughs> you know it's it's frustrating to you know try to make schedules work and just like i have different priorities where you know it's not it's just not that big a deal to me to get to see a band on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And so like in some ways, if I want to have that experience with a band or an artist that I'm long familiar with, the calculus comes down a lot of the time where I'm just like, I would be better served or I would, I would get more kind of clear enjoyment out of just making a point of listening to their albums yeah or or you know buying their albums i mean that's kind of the thing oh, about oh the no few- yeah i i mean yeah. I, I mean whether it's putting on a record that i already have or you know or the next time i'm going to drive around i'll put their stuff on in the car yeah uh the experience of listening to them you are you are as well served if not better served at this point not going to the live show well it's not you know it's not gonna shred my ears um yeah the wednesday show is the first time even though i've i bought them i probably bought them in like you know january of 2020 or something but this is the first time i actually used my uh my concert earplugs yeah um But despite all of this, at the same time, you know, I went I went to the show in part because I was curious to hear the opener a band called Hotline TNT. 
that is, is part of this wave of like very sort of 90s alternative inflected guitar music um uh, and they were great i i i enjoyed getting to see them uh i probably i actually probably enjoyed that part of the show more than wednesday uh not that i disliked the wednesday show but you know i was jammed pretty far in the back mm-hmm. uh, couldn't really see the stage um but it's also like in that's that's sort of the opportunity to buy, you know, buy records or T-shirts or just like, you know, to support artists directly. And, you know, we've talked so many times over our our run about, you know, it being important to find ways to support artists. And so, like, there are times where even though I I don't feel like it's maybe the 100% most optimal way for to get my own enjoyment. Like it might still be the best way to support artists you care about or to like, to take a chance and just sort of support the ecosystem as a whole. Um, And so, so maybe, maybe we're (laughs) bitching at clouds a little bit and it's still worth it to, to go to the place where you are, the uncool old and all the young kids are being assholes. Yeah. I think, I I think there is a bit of, um, so I mentioned all the bars at the venues. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to these places in the Eastern here in Atlanta and the Anthem are, are good examples. And I'm sure there are others wherever, you know, you live, um, whoever you are, where they, they have like tiers and they have a couple bars in each tier and, and they're very large and everything. Plenty of venues that I started going to, they might have a large bar, but it's poorly located or it's it's just a terrible bar in some ways. But it's like now it is, you know, these venues are opened and I don't know the, the companies that open them necessarily, but it has that quote unquote curated idea behind it. It's like, oh, we're gonna curate this as a as an experience, you know, a live music experience. And it's in a, you know, a vibrant community and everything, as opposed to like the old model, which it's like, okay, I opened this place because I liked music and I did not design it well. The stage is in the wrong place. Um so there is maybe part of it is I'm responding to to being targeted. But there is also this feeling of of like when a place is set up like that for like big, big events, basically, um, that's one where I do find it easier to be like, you know, I don't need to go. I think they're going to do well off of that. I feel like the artist is is probably if they're going to that place, they're probably a big enough deal that it works out. I mean, someone like this is I think the third podcast in a row will have mentioned them, but someone like Waxahachie. I'm more curious where, you know, that is one where she is not getting this this huge audience all the time, unfortunately. And and I pay attention to where she is going because it's like, that's probably the type mm-hmm. of venue that it does have an impact for you to go. There probably aren't 18 bars. So you going not only supports the artist, but probably whoever is working there because it's a, it's not, you know, it's not a team of uh, mixologists that, that is serving you there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think me reacting to that in like 
hey, this just isn't the environment I want is different than like, um, I wrote down examples just because they, they came to mind uh, immediately. But I remember the first time I saw Mitski and Haim versus the second time I saw them. Um, with Mitski, it was in the same venue. With Haim, it was in one venue and then a much larger venue. Um, and sometimes it's like, okay, the fans, the people who are going here have changed and it has an impact on the atmosphere. Sometimes that's it's always great for the artists to see them have way more fans. Um, sometimes it's not great for you as an individual. And in both instances, I was like, I'm really glad I went to both of these. I don't know that I'm going to continue to go to their shows just because it's it's a different it's a different vibe that I, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily do it. These big venues, that is different because it's like there is a manufacturing of an experience and there's it doesn't necessarily matter the crowd or it is necessarily going to attract a crowd that is like, yeah, I want to buy a $20 cocktail here to go on my $100 ticket and this person better entertain me in the way I want um, because I paid big money to be here. Mm, it's just, mm -hmm. there's, the relationship is different. Yeah, I don't know. In some ways, it feels like what's happening is, you know, we're getting older and accepting that we are not like the main character of life or when we are the main character we're like do i look like that i hope when i look in the mirror i'm not that person but you know maybe i you know maybe i am well, that is the I, demographic and 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 i guess not that we are not the main character of life because like you're i guess you're the main character of your own life but like recognizing that it's a very situational thing and like you are not the main character of the concert is mm -hmm. a thing well, we and we've talked about this before too that a surprising number of people that attend concerts do not understand at all yeah uh, but I, so speaking of you know changing evolving as you get older um i i've noticed of late um some some things that are kind of that i'm changing my tune on as well and a lot of them uh, this is probably pretty dangerous given just where human society is going and has been going in the last five, ten years or whatever. But, like, a lot of them fall under kind of one heading, which is, like, increasingly I am getting fed up with uh, having to, like, slap some sort of quantifier on everything. Um, I am actually really tired of Spotify wrapped, mm -hmm. um, because like, it's not, I, I don't know. This, this sounds like bitching at clouds, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of feeling the need to like, know at the end of the year, how many minutes I spent listening to music. It doesn't fucking matter. I listen to music. If I listen to things that I enjoyed, that's great. And like, I'm all for sort of, I'm all for memorializing that in your own way 
doing something like, you know, making sort of making playlists that are like as mementos of the things that you like as the year goes on or, or, or that something like that. Um, but I, I, I'm also noticed, you know, I'm noticing this in like, I had a pretty long streak on the New York times crossword mm-hmm. and I lost it. Uh, I lost it the day after my grandfather died in October and it occurred to me, why the fuck do I care about a counter on the New York Times crossword? I like doing the crossword. That's all that has to matter. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a movie called Alphaville. It's a, it's a Godard film that I really like. And, and one of the important things in that movie is, is a lot of people in the society do things because... Um, and it's basically illegal to to ask why and and are you doing the crossword because you do the crossword every day, but asking why you do the crossword every day? Sometimes we don't do that. I mean, I, I listen. I've I've had a I have a Duolingo streak going, um, and it was initially informed by going to Japan, and mm-hmm. it's become perpetual. And like I tell myself, I'm learning something, and something I have to have to remind myself. It's like make sure that it is fun. Make sure you know why you're doing it. Yeah. And to come back to the concerts, I don't think I was ever going just because there was there was always a why. Like I wanted to be there. I wanted the excitement of of the people I went with. And part of this too is the people I could talk to about it or or the people I could go with. That's changed. There are fewer and some of them here either don't listen to music the same way I do or they have children. Um, so, so like that's, that's part of it. Um, and, and so I think the reason I am optimistic about my taste changing is because I'm not seeing that future Island show and going, I need to go because I go to future Island shows. It's like, no, the why matters in the, the experience of it matters a lot to me and I know why I may not have that same experience and I'm okay with that. Like I'm not, not going to do the crossword on a difficult day personally, just because it's what I do every time. Now habits are important if they keep you regular, but it's also important to know when you cut it off. <clears throat> yeah. And, and it's not even like the, with the specific example of the crossword, the thing, the thing that I, I find myself wanting to let go of is not it's not doing the crossword often uh, it's freeing you know I've felt this way a little bit when I stopped using Snapchat it's like it's freeing yourself from the little hit of anxiety of like I don't want to lose uh, of like this counter represents my uh, represents progress and if it resets back to zero like i've lost something no you fucking haven't no you absolutely have not and and so just like i i'm i think i'm i'm recognizing areas of my life where you know you just have to accept that things like not everything has to be important. You know, there doesn't, 
I actually, funnily enough, like, I don't think. I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Because seems to me to be a perfectly acceptable reason to like do a crossword puzzle. It doesn't, I don't have to have like a, a justification. I don't have, have to have a great justification for that, you know, because, because implies it. I think it at least implies like, this is something you enjoy doing. Yeah. Now, if that's not the case, you should interrogate that and, and you know, it's good to get yourself into a place where you can be aware of that. Um, but yeah, just like this, we, we are doing, we are doing something to our brains and some, we're doing something bad to our brains with all of this sort of quantification of attention. And I don't, I, I don't, understand it on any deeper a level than that i don't think but i'm not sure i need to um i just like i mean this is a thing that happens when you get older and your life changes the contours of your life and your schedule and your responsibilities change and so you can't you know you have to be able to pick your spots on stuff like this and you know, <clears throat> and I think it's harder if you are trying to hold on to all of these things that you are doing in some small part, even if it's not a conscious part necessarily, because there's a streak somewhere or a counter or a blank wrapped associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, those things are. I I definitely that definitely resonates with me in the the importance of the streak or the the paper trail or whatever. Like if it's not helping you keep track of things in a positive way, if it's if it's a if it's a guilt mechanism, then that's then that's you know no good. It's it just it's it's not like it's not like something where hey if if you don't drink water in a day you will actually feel bad it's like if you don't do the yeah. crossword you will not feel bad unless you give in to the guilt of that like you can you know, prove it, yourself thing. it's it's still gonna be there tomorrow yeah. i can go back like i haven't i haven't done the tuesday or wednesday crosswords i can go back and do those whenever i want to mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah go go back when you have reason and i think that you know this music is not this music is not going anywhere. I mean, goodness does. No. I I did see Spoon in a s- small venue in 2023. That was a really really specialized thing, um, but it mattered to me, so I went back to it. And I don't yeah. know that everybody will do it or do the the hold steady residency or uh, you know things like that. But you, we fortunately do probably have some time left with these folks and. Um, you know, if you don't want the the ultra special curated experience, or you only want a couple every year, that's fine. The, yeah. The obligation is, you know, not just to keep your streak up. Yeah. Um, actually, my brother and I were were talking after the shows. We were waiting for an Uber um, about whether we were going to go every year. Yeah. <laughs> just because I, it's listen, because it's great, and yeah. it's just like it's a nice. 
it's a nice time in the year to have, you know, a sort of a joyous event because that show yeah. is a joy bomb. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a, a tradition is an obligation that you feel good about, I think, for the for the most part. It should, <laughs> it should be even if it's like we're going to have to we have to do that as another episode when we have everyone there to to debate whether that sentence is true in any way at all. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's there's there's more depths to plumb there. See, Thanksgiving, comma family version. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of people I, I, do that without enjoying it. Yeah, well, but is it an obligation or tradition? Sometimes we say <laughs> tradition and we mean obligation. Um, okay, all right, but, I see where you're coming from there. Um, yeah. All right. <sighs> Now that we've done all this evolving, uh, let's let's instead <laughs> let's pump the brakes and stick with something that has been the same for 400 episodes. Uh, it's Pierce Asari. What are you apologizing for today? And in classic fashion, this is really uh, well. I mean, it it, it does self apology. It, it does affect my household, but it is <laughs> it is a self apology. But I think that there is a community of people that will that will feel similarly to me. So um, the room I'm in, been in the process of of kind of making it into an office space that is is better, has better furniture and stuff. And also you, it, you don't just shut the door and like, I don't want to think about that room until tomorrow, a place that you might want to go back in. Mm -hmm. Part of that is, is furniture, but it's also things like lights and lamps and they're very powerful. Um, and so I have these light bulbs that I received a while ago. They're, they're the kind that you can sync up and, and work with assistance and everything else and Ooh. change colors. They're, they're very fun. Um, and I have a few of them, and you can often buy them refurbished. Well, so in the course of buying things for this room, uh, there was some money left on an anthropology gift card. So I got a lamp from there, which is more expensive, looks very similar to the other one that I got from Target, but is, is a very cool lamp. Um, works well, really like it, comes in the mail, worst packaging I've ever seen, but that's not the problem. The problem is, and while I'm, I'm sorry to myself and my household, and I think I will have other people who can commiserate, and I should probably write a review about this, um, is that it comes in, you know, 90% of lamps you have use like the same light bulbs, probably. Yes. Or you, you really know when they're not going to. Anthropology doesn't do that. Anthropology, it comes in, I take my light bulb, I go to put it in, and I go, uh-oh, the like, work. the the housing is very small. It has the I know exactly what it kind of bulb the you're little, talking about. It has the little narrow one. Mm -hmm. And because I've got these fancy light bulbs, while I saved all this money with the gift card, went right back into a $50 light bulb. Does it change colors? Is it wonderful? Will it last a long time? Yes. But because they have this just silly approach to their furniture and everything, or it's like, oh, we got to be special. I had to get a $50. I didn't have to. I got a $50. So, so I could have done a little more research and granted, I think that ultimately the price I paid to get exactly what I wanted is less because of gift cards sure. and so forth. But I should have done a little more research, and then I would have saved, I don't know, 
fifty dollars on all that <laughs> Incredible. Oh, that's that is such good stuff. Yeah. Um okay. Uh obviously no trivia this week without uh without Kevin and without Max. Um but uh I do have a big idea from pop culture and that is uh that I have been enjoying uh the album Going Through It by an artist named Eliza McLam. Um, it is indie girl rock in a vein that I am obviously in the tank for already. Uh, and uh, things are aided by the fact that the record is produced by uh, Sarah Tudson, who records her own music the band called Illuminati Hotties that I like. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah, this like, it's a, a fun it's a fun record to have on in the car. It's good listening. I would highly recommend uh, going through it by Eliza McLam if guitars and female vocals are your thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, that is the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for subscribing to the show feed on your podcast app of choice or for checking us out at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening. Bye.